Welcome to the Insider World Building Podcast, a place where you can experience life in another dimension, told from the perspective of a visitor to that dimension. I'm Fox Keys, that visitor is me, that dimension is called Dunaree, and I have lived here since I was tricked into passing through an interdimensional gateway just after my 14th birthday. In this episode, I describe how I was inoculated against Dunaree diseases, and I will discuss where to begin introducing illness, disease and other medical issues into your world building. In an earlier show, I touched on how illness can affect world building. That was an unplanned show, an unwanted show, but I needed to explain why I was croaking instead of talking. My spirit voice illness was a specific illness that affected me. But there are countless illnesses, diseases, parasites, pestilence and worse in Dunaree. These give countless opportunities for world building. Illness is an ally, Steinkat told me the day I was being inoculated. When your enemy is ill, she said, you have an advantage. Okay, I thought that was a bit extreme. Indirectly, though, she was right. When it comes to world building, illness is your ally. It's mostly overlooked and rarely capitalized on. But illness is there to be exploited. An example of this. If the king catches malaria while he's in his luxurious home, and there are medics and cures available, the kingdom won't be affected. But if the king falls ill on the eve of a battle, far from home and without proper help, well, the whole world could change. A historical example of illness changing the world concerns the Spanish conquistadors. They brought measles and smallpox to the Americas. The native population had no immunity to these European diseases and were decimated. This enabled a small number of technologically advanced adventurers to seize control of a continent. So, what had that all got to do with me? Well, I could have carried some unknown illness through the gateway from back home. It's bad enough being cluelessly transported to another dimension. It's much worse, however, being considered a health risk in that dimension. Actually, I was considered a potential catastrophe. Plague fox, killer keys, the bacteria boy, the destroyer of worlds. They had many names for me to tease me with. Lucky for everyone, the Dunery authorities took extraordinary steps to prevent any illnesses passing through any gateways. Not only did I need to be quarantined to protect Dunery from me, I needed to be inoculated to protect me from the diseases of Dunaree. I will now describe the inoculation process, and following this, I will provide more context on how to use my experience to add spice, or plague, to your world. Day 10 in Dunaree Following number 17's advice, I had decided to practice drawing for 20 minutes every morning. On my first morning, however, I'd barely scribbled the outline of the window when Steinkat arrived. 
She carried two small leather boxes. Each box had an air hole, and I heard snuffling sounds from within each of them. Although the sounds were low, they might as well have been lions roaring, because they set my heart banging against my chest. I knew something was wrong. Normally, Steincat and Shiny Top greeted each other with insults. Shiny Top would say something like, Oh, what a terrible smell of dead cat there is in here now. This would draw a response something like, Nice bit of firewood there. This morning, there was only silence. What's wrong, I asked. More silence. What's really wrong, I said. Steincat said, You need to be inoculated today. I thought it was a joke, but hearing this from a cat that had died so often didn't make it funny. Inoculated, I said. Against what? Everything, Shiny Top said. Apparently, there was an awful lot of everything that could kill me outside the compound. I'm talking about disease and endless and parasites, not the more acceptable things like monsters and evil spirits. Dying by monster would have been more acceptable than dying by some of the flesh-eating diseases that Steincat described. Monster would have been quicker too. Steincat said, I will dispense the inoculations here. There is a fully equipped healing homeward in the compound. But there are too many bits of human things there. Makes me glad I'm a cat. Shiny Top said, Nobody likes to go there. Hearing that was enough for me. If the dead were afraid to go to this so-called homeward, I wasn't going to go near it. And while I didn't mind needles, and I understood the importance of being inoculated against anything that might kill me, I wondered how that had anything to do with the boxes Steincat had brought. How many inoculations, I said. Shiny Top said, one local city of bones inoculation, and one local inoculation for Brokant. Just hearing about the Brokant inoculation hurt more than any needle could have. I'd never set foot in the place. Why did I have to be inoculated against it? Surely they could just pretend I had been inoculated there. Brogant food, Brogant maps, Brogant everything. I might as well have just have moved there. All this would have been so much easier. Looking at Shiny Top, I said, This is dumb. I don't need any inoculations, Shiny Top replied. And nobody is forcing you to get them. But I would advise it. It was then that I realised that Shiny Top and Steincat took all of this so seriously they hadn't verbally attacked each other for at least five minutes. While it wasn't exactly a truce, it proved that they could put aside their quarrel to deal with serious things. Right then, that serious thing was me. Or, rather, my inoculation. This eased my fears about the process. It also made me feel like a peacekeeper. I hated conflict. Whenever I got into an argument, my stomach cramped and I trembled so hard it felt like my nose might fall off. And I always felt like everybody else would take my opponent's side. It was uncomfortable to be around these two when they argued. Now, however, 
I discovered I could unite them when my welfare was at risk. Unfortunately, this plan involved me making myself the centre of attention. Another thing that I absolutely hated. Honestly, I'd make a terrible celebrity. Steink had said, Before starting school, you must prove you're inoculated. Otherwise you won't be allowed in. The cat posed, Just like you won't be allowed out of this compound if you're not inoculated. My heart skipped the beat. Did that mean I'd be seeing the outside soon? The thought thrilled and terrified me. Shiny Top said, You won't survive beyond these walls without inoculation. But I already have, I replied. I was at the gateway for ages. Steink had said, The gateway is quarantined. The drop cloud that brought you here was sterile and this compound is protected against most diseases. You can't leave without being inoculated, Shani Top repeated. The way he said this made me feel infantile, like a child that wasn't allowed out of the house in case they got stung by a bee. How big are the needles, I asked. Needles? Steinkat said. We're inoculating you, not knitting a scarf. When I explained how medical needles were used back home, Shiny Top said, "Uh, It's less primitive here. No point terrifying the children when they're being inoculated. They use pets instead. I glanced at the leather boxes. Whatever was in them sounded more like mini monsters than pets. As if reading in my mind, Steinkat said, Dranan, Vertillo, and other pets have been bred to provide antibodies to human diseases. We draw blood from the children, and then the children's pets lick the wounds to apply the inoculation. Draw blood, I thought. What part of less primitive did they not understand here? That sounded terrible. Steinkat produced a stiletto-type blade. Tiny, beautiful inscriptions were etched onto its gold handle. It resembled a sacrificial knife straight out of an Indiana Jones movie. She said, It won't hurt. Suddenly, it bothered me why they'd waited over a week to inoculate me. I had a feeling I wouldn't like the answer if I asked. I asked anyway. Steinkat smiled back at me. Because you needed to survive the intruder detection spells. Honestly, I could have pulled that cat's ears right then. This was nothing to smile about, and she had a wicked twist to her personality whenever it came to debt. Then again, considering how many times she had died, I couldn't really blame her for that. Nevertheless, she could have taken things easier on me. You might not have survived the intruder detection spells, Shiny Top said. Ganhook didn't know what you were when you came here. If you'd been a simpleton, you could have jeopardised everything. And we now think you're not a simpleton, Steinkat added, grinning at me. Once again, her smile angered me. Not only was she using an ancient word to describe me, but she also thought it was funny. She needed to know my temper had boundaries. I said, good for you, I didn't die. She cocked one ear. Yeah, I said. 
you better take good care of me. If I die here, my spirit will torment you. Steincat's smile vanished. She raised the knife again. Let's get this over with. I still wasn't sure. While I could handle my arm cut, having some creature lick the wound sounded... barbaric. Realising I had little choice, I took off my shirt. You don't have to look, Steincat said. I didn't want to look, but I couldn't stop myself watching as she removed a small dark thing from the box. The thing had red eyes, a snout, and a mouth. The rest of it, though, was a blur. I couldn't make out any limbs or features. Clench your teeth, Shiny Top said. Before I could clench my teeth, a sharp pain ripped through my upper arm. It was worse than any needle because it wasn't a single jab. No, Steincat was carving something into my flesh. Blood ran down my arm, tickling me. She raised the creature towards my arm. I stared at Shiny Top. I heard a lapping. The pain sank away. The blood clotted. I hissed. You said it wouldn't hurt. Ha! Steincat laughed. That's not pain. That's just an itch. I really didn't appreciate Steincat's humour right at that moment. But two could play at that game. I said, Why are you doing the inoculations? Wouldn't it be safer if your ghost that died from catnip did it? Catnip? Steincat asked. I fought back a smile. So she didn't know what catnip was. I said, Yeah, catnip. The disease that cats can catch from humans back home. You could catch it from me. Releasing a little growl, Steincat said, First inoculation's over. Now for Brogant. I didn't want to see what the second creature was, so I focused on the window. The shapes there began to horribly resemble bacteria I had seen in Science Lab. More pain, more blood, more lapping. Then the pain was gone, and the creatures were back in their boxes, and Steincat was dabbing some paste onto my wounds. After a long period of silence, Shiny Top said to me, I hope that cat washed its paws before touching you. They carry all manner of filthy diseases, you know. Steincat raised the knife again and hissed. Maybe I should do a bit of wood carving now. I sighed with relief. It sounded like things were getting back to normal. I examined my upper arm in the mirror. One of the marks Steincat had cut resembled the upper skull of a monster. The other mark resembled a brogant growmound. I hoped they would scare. When I asked Steincat about this, he said, yeah. But if you want the more prominent, I can apply some ink. I nodded. I'd always wanted a small, cool tattoo. And these would be the most unique tattoos ever. The only problem with this was my mother. She hated tattoos. When I got home... I could only hope that Mum would be so happy to have me back that she'd ignore them. Otherwise, I could be better off staying here to avoid her. Some more context on using illness in world building. 
if you're doing a little bit of interdimensional travel and contacted some otherworldly disease, virus or whatever, what might happen if you brought it home? Could it spread? Could you decimate the world? Or suppose one of your characters is exploring or visiting a new part of your world. Could they bring home an exotic illness? In War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells saved the world with bacteria that killed the Martians. A technologically advanced invading force was destroyed by tiny creatures we had adapted to. Could the same have happened to us if we had invaded Mars? Would the Martian bacteria have killed us? If you want to think about this concept on a lower, less destructive level, think about food poisoning. Occasionally, while visiting a foreign country, the food will make you ill. Delhi Belly, Montezuma's Revenge, the Nile Runs. It goes by many names. In Dunari, it's called Skid Tomo. What is it called in your world? And what safeguards can you imagine for your characters to protect them from spending days in the toilet instead of spending days exploring the world? This will add depth to your world. It makes your world more relatable to your audience because the folks in your world suffer from illness, food poisoning and all the rest, just like us. To begin with, the food I received in the compound was basic, which was good. Had I caught Skid Tomo, I would have suffered, not least because I hadn't packed spare underwear before passing through the gateway. After you've created a few minor, uncomfortable illnesses, think about everyday viruses like flu that your characters can suffer from. And for every good illness, there's an opportunity to create a good cure. Do your characters have a medicine cabinet at home? What's in their medicine cabinet? What are the equivalent of doctors? And can they be called to home visits? What do you do when you catch a winter flu? And what are you unable to do? Have some fun. Create a list of things you can imagine that might heal insect bites, sterilise and seal wounds, or give relief from deadly belly. Cook up some food bacteria or other semi-embarrassing things. Create a travel medicine pack for your characters and give them reason to use it. Think about how an illness might identify your protagonist as a foreigner. The blue phase virus is a relatively harmless city of bones condition. But if you saw somebody walking around with blue face, you'd know they were an outsider because everyone in the city was inoculated against it. From using flu to affect your character's mood to using a plague to devastate the world. Illness is your ally when it comes to world building. This episode's Strange But True concerns an unusual disease. It is often good to experience other cultures. Sometimes, great ideas spread through the gateways and are adopted throughout Dunari. Occasionally, though, the gateways spawn danger. Diseases. One such case occurred in Clemden, a province 3,000 kilometres northwest of the Algot Gap. A dormant gateway activated and something slipped through. Before the authorities recognised the danger, 
a circular zone exactly 50 miles radius from the gateway, was infected. For want of a better word, they called this something a disease. Nobody sickened or died, nor did this disease create craves and murderous, undead behaviour. Instead, it altered people's mindsets. Those trapped in the zone started speaking a different language, wearing clothes made from plants, and abolished money. The population shifted to living with nature, eating and gathering what was needed from the alien plants and trees that spread through the gateway and filled up the zone. This zone is now known as the Green Disc, on account of the colour of the new vegetation. The population also took to living in organically grown forest homes, weaved from roots and vines. All along the outside of the zone's perimeter, people fled, abandoning homes, farms and villages. Refugees filled Clamden City to bursting point. Things got so cramped, some refugees returned home, declaring they'd rather live in fear than live like beggars. To date, despite pressure from all directions, the authorities have made no effort to reclaim the zone. They insisted the zone requires study and understanding first. What frightens the authorities most is that this disease appeared to be a mental affliction, a force that alters people's behaviour in order for them to accept these new, vegetative life forms that are colonising the zone. The authorities are fearful that this mindset and vegetation might spread further. Vast resources are in place to prevent further contamination. That's it for this episode of Insider World Building. The next episode will be the last in the current series. In it, I will summarise the series and detail some of the more unusual things connected to each episode that I didn't have time to mention before. I hope you can join me. Until then, goodbye. Or, as we say in Dunery, Dreavik. <laughs>